Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the Deputy Editor-in-Chief Critic, joined as always by our Editor-at-Large, Ann Thompson. And Ann, we are so close to the end of the line here with Oscar season. It has... Thank God. I'm so tired of it now. <laughs> it's like, it's either it's like Groundhog Day or the Twilight Zone, depending on the time of the year. But it does feel like we've been living with these movies for a really long time. At long last, with the nominees and the deadline for ballots right around the corner, we can at, actually make they, them. People have their, they got their ballots on and Tuesday, we and they have, a base, they have a week to get them filled out and handed in on this coming Tuesday. Unless, unless some insane thing happens, we can make some really informed predictions right now about what people are probably going to do if they haven't done it already with the deadline right around the corner. So we're going to go through. My and sense we're is that some people are still catching up. There's there, and you and I are catching up. For example, we're going to do like half of the nominations today because we still have a few odd short films and things like that to make sure you know we've seen everything. But we all pretend like we've seen it all. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's funny when you corner. You don't an, like you don't like admitting <laughs> what you haven't seen. Well, and, and in our case, it's not like we. You know, we're not actually having an impact the way that somebody who who has. No, a real, we're not voting. God forbid. You know, yeah. the funny thing is that these events, when you actually corner an Oscar nominee and you get down to it, most people have a lot of holes to fill, and and some people choose not to vote in certain categories if they haven't seen all the films, and some people vote in categories where they haven't seen all the films. So you have to take into account that this is an imperfect process, and uh, there's just no way to fix that. But there are certain things that you can deduce about films that are very visible, that have very strong stories. And so there is a logic to all of this, even if we could be totally wrong at the end of the day about what happens. So in any case, let's go through it. I think we're going to start with, what is it, documentaries? The documentary. Yeah, we can start with that. Um, basically, uh, we've both seen all of the features, and I'm going to, uh, with the absence of, of almost inexplicable of Jane, um, even though I know that a lot of people are, uh, you know, that Icarus has a lot of juice because of the Olympics, where it actually played an, an actual role in having the Russian athletes, many of them not there. Um, uh, Last Men in Aleppo has its own narrative, which has to do with a sort of a repeat of what happened last year on, on the foreign film side with Asghar Fahadi's The Salesman. In this case, some of the people involved with the film have not been allowed to leave Syria or to come to the United States or, allowed, or they're not allowed into the United States because of the Muslim travel ban. And, and, and so the director is, is standing with them in solidarity, which is what Asghar Farhadi did last time, and not coming to the uh, awards. And some people are sort of saying, oh, this is so familiar and cynical, and this is a, you know, a ploy. Um, others are standing in, in solidarity, and it could move some sympathy in, in uh, the film's direction. Uh, and then there's the Strong Island transgender narrative, uh, which is a very powerful narrative too. Um, you know, this would be uh, Yancy Ford would be the first transgender filmmaker to win an Oscar if if it happened. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick my neck out and say that uh, Agnes Varda could win her second Oscar, having already won her uh, honorary Oscar this year. I, I just I, feel it. I totally agree. It's it's t it's there because the thing is that while the the narrative around Icarus is very strong. 
the more you look at the movie itself, the more you talk to people, there is a bit of division there. Last Man in Aleppo has definitely got some late campaign momentum because of what, everything you just mentioned, because it, it probably is the last film that a lot of people are going to watch. It's not a pleasant subject matter, and nobody prioritizes it in the same way. Uh, so there, there is a, a chance that it, that it could have some support, but it would need more of that in the next few days to really stand out, whereas Faces Places launched at Cannes in a big way. The, Won the, the best uh, documentary there and has been winning. Uh, you know, I just hear people talk about it the way we do. Which right. is with I think an it, enormous amount of, of affection and enthusiasm and and Agnes Varda herself, you know, kicking butt at, at, at eighty nine years old. I mean, this is not to be discounted. And people have to remember too that this is um, the entire Academy branch voting, not just the insular documentary branch. And so it's also about you know, what stands out in people's minds, even if you're not a documentary person. They, you know, a documentary person might be looking at, oh, this was a really hard movie to make and you could see it in the filmmaking or something like that whereas faces places you watch and there are many other elements in play there including the personality and the legacy of Agnes Varda but also some of the ideas that are very sophisticated whether or not you think of it as a conventional documentary. But also many document man, many many people in the academy are visual they are uh, sophisticated especially on the craft side and they just recognize the artistry and chops that went into this I mean the combination of this older woman who's just been making films her whole life and knows how to do it and has instincts about what are great moments and then this 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 artist and the, and the the the, the visual uh, sophistication is so great I just think it's it's a combo that can't be denied yeah, no cynicism here. So let's move on to the foreign language category. That's a really interesting one. It's um, so many different kinds of movies this year, but uh, a pretty good set of options, if you ask me. Yeah, they're all good. I would say um, that one film is pulling out ahead of the others, and if it wasn't that film, I wouldn't know which of the others was really the one to take it. But I will say, all right, let me do it this way. I'm a Fantastic Woman from Chile if it were to win, uh, would be the first movie from Chile. It's only the second one to be nominated. No was the other. Um, it's Sebastian Lelo. Yeah. And it's also uh, this a, a transgender uh, actress, uh, Daniela Vega, who's terrific in the movie, just wonderful. And the movie is the most accessible, the most emotional, um, and the most... Uh, mainstream I would say of the of the five it's it, not to t I'm not taking anything away from its artistry it's a it's a beautifully well-made well-done movie in every way I just think more people like it than any of the others you would find people arguing about the insult the Loveless is fabulous and I put it on my 10 best list it's via against extraordinary masterwork but I don't know how many people are going to go for its bleak we are all greedy and horrible <laughs> message. And um, Body and Soul, I would love to think, would have a chance of winning because I love it. It is an artful, perfect movie. But a lot of people are resisting the uh, slaughterhouse setting. And then The Square, which I also adore, um, is, is extremely, uh, I would put that probably as the likely spoiler if it isn't, if it doesn't go well, into a over and, and so there's a strong narrative around it, but I, I find that to be a little odd because, you know, of all the movies 
in that category, it is the most difficult in a lot of ways because when you think about it, Fantastic Woman, beautiful movie, like you said, accessible but only relative to the others because it's 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 more straightforward in a way. But it's still narratively, yeah, it is. You know, you have to. The movie is still about like eighty five percent texture, and you know, once the premise is established, you're just kind of with this character most of the movie. It's a character study, whereas the square is two and a half hours of this like incredibly uncomfortable story of this jerk of a guy who runs an art gallery and you can't really tell if the movie sympathizes he's kind of sexy though eric <laughs> well that see that doesn't <laughs> sell me so but now that now that all your cards are on the table we see where you're coming from i think of body and soul is, an, is a really interesting kind of quirky gondry-esque thing but it it doesn't totally crystallize. I don't on put the, it in that category at all. Absolutely, that is so interesting talk. that you would say that. For oh, it's all, it, what it has going for it partly is that it's the only movie directed by a woman. Well, that that's I not would what compare I'm, it you know, more to something like Ida. You know, no, it has that no. kind of poetic, no, it's quality. Yeah, but it's like about people who who go to sleep and dream that they're animals and meet up in their dreams. So it's way quirkier than something like Eda. Quirky I mean, it's, is, it's, again, isn't the word I would use. It's it totally it's is. not it's, quirky. It's 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 that it's to me feels like a, a very dismissive word to use. This is a this no, is a no, poetic you just don't movie. Like quirky stuff. No, it's 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 poetic, but it's like quirky with a, with a dose of European miserabilism thrown in just for extra good measure. I mean, it's it's still, is, it's a strange little film, to be honest with Speaking you. Speaking of sort European of miserabilism, um, the uh, thing I did learn in some of my researches about the likely voters in this category, because remember, this is, in order to vote, you will have had to have seen all five movies, um, in theory. Uh, and they have been made available online they've, for the first time, and they've been they've been sent to everyone, but very late um, in DVD form. So it's really unlikely that a lot of more than a, maybe eight. It may, somebody told me they thought it would be about seven or eight hundred people out of the whole academy. That seems like a high figure to me. But a lot of them are, are foreign, and a lot of them are European this year. So really? that is one group that has been exponentially increased with all the yeah. new memberships. This is and that's, that's a good thing. I mean, at the so end of the day. So they can lean into know. the European Film Award winner, the big movie that swept the European Film Awards, which was The Square. Yeah. I would, I, that, to me, that would be both an upset and unfortunate. But I'm, won, I'm, I'm talking why fantastic. Why are you saying that? It won the Palme d'Or. Because I don't really like the movie. I, think, I don't think it really worked. You didn't worked. like it very much. You were no, in the no. minority, though. Well, you know, sometimes that's a badge of honor in this business. <laughs> so let's uh, well, we have a lot of awards to talk about. Yeah, let's we go got on. we got ground to cover here. Okay, so supporting the next actor. one is uh, we're going to go through the actors. Let's start with yeah. supporting actor. Um, I think you and I probably agree that that's going to go with the one who's been winning all the awards so far, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I know it's it's interesting because. You know, for a, for a little while, it did something seem like Willem Dafoe had this kind of momentum. Yeah, it was critics it that supported that, yeah. who actually saw the flower the, and liked the Florida Project. Well, and also, I mean, you, you got to remember, it's like Willem Dafoe. I mean, he's been nominated before, but it felt like the Three right times. time to tell that story. You know, to to tell the story that Dafoe is this great actor who deserves to win, but. You know, he's he's going to stay in the game. So if he doesn't get it, it's no, he's not very the popular. The question there is is it, he would be the one who would steal it. The question there is, 
two, there are two questions. One, how many people actually saw the Florida project? And that's a big question. And two, because it's just a small movie, a small independent film. And two, the uh, people who do see it, do they think that that role was more complex and more demanding than Sam Rockwell's role? And I would have to say the answer to that is no. There's yeah. a lot of sentiment yeah. and fondness for Willem Dafoe, as well as genuine respect. He's a great actor, but does he have that much to do in this particular film? I mean, I think he has actually more to do than Sam Rockwell, but it's a, it's a subtler film in so many different kinds of ways. So Rockwell's performance is big and it's comic, showier. but also, yeah, there's a different kind of arc to it. The so. actors tend to yeah. go for showy, as we yeah. have long discovered. Those damn actors. So let's talk about supporting actors. Okay, so in this case, I think this is one, even though Allison Janney has been winning all the precursors, including the BAFTAs, where I thought they might lean into uh, Leslie Manville of Phantom Thread, the Brit, the local uh, hero, um, they, uh, I, I think it's possible that there's a scenario where Laurie Metcalf could win if, the Academy goes highbrow, and if they want to go with a Tony winner, and if they think that Allison Janney's won already, and if they want to give Lady Bird a win. But that's a lot of ifs. Maybe too many. Yeah. I mean, if the movie wins something, this probably is the one that has the greatest shot. It has the greatest shot, you know, based on the logic that you just laid out for us. But it could win nothing, unfortunately. Yeah, it could win nothing. But, I love but this it's movie, and I'm afraid it's it a, might not. And by the way, there are a lot of people who adore Itania, really, really like Itania. Sure, and I think yeah. they they will want that to win something too. Well, going back to it's it's his or her time. That whole narrative. I mean, she's got it in a, in a big way, and uh, and she does steal the show in a very prominent, loud fashion. Oh, totally. From the bird to the, you know, whatever. She's, she's, and she's worked the circuit too. She's very popular, very winning. Uh, um, I spoke to one of these anonymous voters and, you know, he, this guy was just in love with her. (laughs) So uh, even though um, there's a lot of respect, obviously, for, for Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. I mean, Neon's done a good job with the movie, too, and, and the fact that it got as many nominations as it did is really impressive. It would be surprising if it, if it didn't win in this category, so I'm Agreed. calling it as well. All so, right. actor. Which one? Best, best actor. Let's do that one. Well, that one, I think, is going as is, is, is close to a lock as we're going to see. Gary Oldman, who won the BAFTA and all the other precursors, it, you know, took a role that had been done to death by so many different people and done well by people like John Lithgow in The Crown. And he made it his own. He completely uh, transformed himself with the help of makeup. And by the way, that's a category we can also call. It'll go to the makeup for Darkest Hour for creating the Winston Churchill uh, look. Um, and I, I just don't see anyone else uh, catching up with him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where as much as Chalamet seemed like he was sort of emerging as this great star, and certainly he had seems to have come of age as a movie star in just the last couple of months with all this campaigning. It, the, the 
way in which Gary Oldman has been a front runner never really wavered even as Chalamet emerged. So while there would be a logic behind him winning, it would, it would be such a crazy upset that I think your money's on Oldman or nothing else. So let's, uh, I think a lot of people like Chalamet and they talk about Chalamet. If anyone were to get it, it, uh, besides Oldman, it would be Chalamet. I would would also argue that he's the youngest and yeah. he's going to have a long career oh, ahead of him. The guy's going to be juggling Oscar nominations in the next decade. Yeah. Where, like, I mean, it's funny with like Denzel Washington. Like, if he won for that ridiculous movie Roman J. Israel, you know, that would be a crazy upset. But he doesn't even he didn't even need to really campaign. You know, it's like everybody loves Denzel. Like, that's something that certain actors accrue with time. And Chalamet could be on that path at this point. Sure. So, all right. So, actress. That's an interesting one. I hear a lot of support for Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water. She's mute. She does an extraordinary job. That said, it's probably Frances McDormand for another very popular movie, Three Billboards. And she's been winning all the precursors. And I see no reason, you know, if you were to say who is responsible for the success of Three Billboards, who makes that movie, you would argue Francis McDormand and maybe Sam Rockwell and Woody Harrelson. You know, the, 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 yes, it was well-written. Yes, it was well-directed. Yes, it's a lot of fun. But those, they, they had a lot to work with those actors, and it was difficult to pull off what they did, and they did it. And McDormand is kind of like Denzel in the sense that she doesn't, she's sort of above, she's got her Oscar, she's got her career, she, she's, you know, this 60-year-old veteran who is very active on the stage and doesn't even necessarily need to, um, you know, campaign, and in this case, maybe somebody who can rise above all that. I mean, she was a front runner the moment she was in the movie, and uh, it, nothing has really toppled that, not even the, the buzz around Saoirse Ronan, who will, like Chalamet, continue to have this kind of She's path. done remarkably well for someone so young to have three yeah. nominations under her belt at this point. Um, but, you know, um, the, uh, the other thing about McDormand is that even if she hasn't been doing that much press, she has made the most of her appearances at these various wins that she's had. And the one at the BAFTAs, which again, I, you know, how many people watched it is another question. She was awesome. She was, she was the best thing on the show. Speaking yeah. up for her solidarity for the Me Too Time's Up movement. Yeah, yeah, no question. I mean, when when Frances McDormand talks, people listen. Exactly. Goes for the jugular. She's I mean, a bit like Meryl in that way. She has that gravitas that but, yeah. people people pay attention but not to her. Overexposed in the same way. No. I mean, Meryl, it's like there's always this risk that there could be. I mean, she will be nominated even when she's not acting anymore for stuff. But you know, it's like she's still. There is, there's just so much Meryl. And, and Frances McDormand, it's like when you hear from Frances McDormand, you know it's something that Frances McDormand wants you to hear, and that's very interesting. So let's move into the writing categories, because those have quite the range. We have the adapted screenplay, where there are old people and total newcomers, uh, and it's quite the spectrum, I'd say. From You know, uh, one of the things that I've been picking up on, on the circuit is that there is a lot of uh, affection for Mudbound, affection and genuine respect. Um, a lot of people love Logan. A lot of people love Molly's Game. 
And the disaster artist is sort of at the bottom of the list, I would say, as the comedy um, starring James Franco, <laughs> the tainted James Franco. But of course, these writers did a wonderful job with it. But the, the, there's only one winner here, and it's pretty clear. It's the one that's been winning all along, uh, and that would be Call Me By Your Name. And it's, an, you know, another, uh, you know, 90-year-old guy, uh, and he has been in the Oscar race many times for directing some of the great classics, Howard's End and Room with a View, James Ivory. Yeah, no, James Ivory is sort of unbeatable. If the, if the movie was sort of destined to win anything from the get-go, it was this, considering the legacy at hand, the crispness of the writing in this movie. I mean, a lot of that probably is Luca Guadagnino, but you can't discount that Ivory is bringing you know, decades of experience and a very personal vision. A and lot he of made it work. He made it work. It has the it has a quality of James Ivory to it, if you think about it. But also, it's the one movie that is nominated for Best Picture in this category, and that often is the one that you would lean toward as the winner. Best Original Screenplay. That's an interesting one too, which which has a lot of newcomers and some a couple of veterans. But um, I don't know. I mean, The Big well, Sick at least got a nomination. People love The Big Sick, but it didn't get a Best Picture nomination, um, and it's the only nomination it did get. It didn't get any acting nominations, which was a surprise. I thought Holly Hunter would get in there. Um, and I think that Get Out and Lady Bird are kind of going at, at each other because The Shape of Water will win other things. Um, and Three Billboards, um, I, I don't feel it here. I feel uh, that Jordan Peele has the most audacious, original, auteurish um, movie that no one else could have possibly thought of, which he put years they both did. He and Greta Gerwig both put in the years with these first uh, efforts. They're both actors turned writer-directors. Um, usually it would be, I would think that Greta Gerwig would have a really good shot at this, but I think Peel gets more support from more people across the board for all sorts of reasons. Also, he's campaigned the hell out of this movie so has for she. a long time. I mean, she has too, but what's interesting is that... I mean, what what Peel I think has done quite well is even before all this Black Panther stuff has figured out a great way to both speak and to to this like highbrow audience while also speaking to the broader uh, national base that has just been fired up about this movie because it's exploring African identity in America in a way that they'd never seen before. And so he's done that in tandem with the film's commercial success and its Oscar campaign, and that's just been a very powerful story. Now, I agree, and he also managed to... What I, what I found out when I talked to him myself this week, which was fun to finally sit down with him, is, is how much he cares about the audience and how much he manipulates them, subverts them... Uh, you know, surprises them, woos them, pulls them in, lets them out, misleads them. Yeah, that and, is and great. And everything right? about every little thing he did in that movie was 
calculated to a T, and that's one of the reasons why it is so effective and surprising. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, you talk people when people talk about the movie. A lot of times, they are talking about the writing. They're talking about the "Do they know I'm black?" scene, or the "I would have voted for Obama for a third time" scene. Those are specifically in reference to the screenplay. So, the writing itself is something that has become a part of uh, popular culture in this past year. Um, so let's move on. We've got the animation category, which is not hard to figure out, um, but I think You're, I need we're to... We're saving that for next week. Yeah, we're so, so, so let's so do director. Um, director yeah. So uh, do you agree with me? So you do agree with me that Jordan will win original screenplay. Absolutely. Okay. I, I mean, I think it would be an upset for Labor to win at this point. I, I do too. All right. So then we have director where, notably, Martin McDonough did not get a nomination. Um now, you can say that the directors are, are, are just a few hundred people in the Academy. They're a notoriously snobby bunch, um, and they're a little clubby, the way the documentary branch is. But um, it's, it's still a, a, an unlikely scenario um, that a movie without a directing nomination would, would, would end up uh, winning Best Picture. So here in the directing category, Christopher Nolan has a shot, Jordan Peele has a shot, Greta Gerwig has a shot, Paul Thomas Anderson probably does not, and Guillermo del Toro will win it, as he's won everything else so far. Talk about an expert campaigner whose time has come. I mean, it's like, you know, this guy would, could, would keep campaigning another year if it was a requirement of the job. He doesn't sleep. He's just like polymathic genius. He's been well-respected in the industry for decades. Beloved and, is the uh, word I would use. And, and, and the... Uh, he's got a teddy bear quality about him. Sure, and of course, he's, 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 a, he's a driven maniac who right. describes the experience of making this movie as having been really challenging and difficult. Not an easy so, movie to pull off at $20 million. No, no it's true. I mean, and, and, and all this weird last minute, these last minute attempts to smear the movie with these people saying he stole these ideas. I mean, that's what's, it's, it's just fascinating to me because it's like, everything is so overt these days. Subtext is dead. Like, of course, some playwright's estate, you know, is going to, to, to sue the guy for a play that from the 60s that has some similarities like five days before Ballot's Close. This happens all the time. But what's and ridiculous it about It rarely this, gets traction. All people, you know, like this is a guy who's like swimming with ideas. He always has like five different projects in the air at once. Why would this person steal an idea to make this particular movie? You know, which also, by the way, resembles a lot of other kinds of movies that he's made. Well, he, so. he, he, it's, it's a Frankenstein's monster of a movie in a really good way. I mean, he takes, he takes pieces of, you know, the creature from the Black Lagoon, and then he puts it together with a Cold War spy movie like, you know, The Man from Uncle or something. And, and, and then there's this extraordinary love story between these two outsiders. It's unbelievable, this movie. It, it is so original in its, in its in, even if it has dr drawn elements from all sorts of places. It's got a couple of his best scenes. I think it's a little uneven in parts, but that has more to do with the writing, less with the directing. And I, 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 and even as I think that you know something like Get Out may may have a few better scenes. Um, you know, Jordan Peele will be back, right? The guy's just at, at the start of his career, and Del Toro's been at this for a while, so that's a narrative you can definitely get behind. Which brings us to Best Picture. Well, I was going to say, so Christopher <laughs> Nolan, he has eight nominations and billboard has seven right three billboards 
And a lot of people think that Three Billboards is the movie that could challenge the shape of water, that this is the more mainstream, uh, popular candidate, the one the that people is, really the, like. I, the, I, for every person I hear who really likes that movie, I hear really extreme backlash that's been quite visible. I agree right? with that. It's and I, can, I have experienced that as well, which is why I don't think it's going to catch up with The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water is, is the only one that ticks all the different boxes. It appeals to men and women. It has um, a, a, an inclusive narrative. It's a Mexican director. It's two outsiders in, in love. And, and it's also focused on the janitor uh, subclass that is normally ignored. Um, you know, it, it, is, it, it is also beloved by the, and respected by the crafts. So if, if you look at it, you could say that um, I'm going to argue that there are only five movies in contention for Best Picture at this point. And so you could argue that Get Out and Lady Bird and Three Billboards have support from the writers and the actors. That's their base. And then you would have The Shape of Water and Dunkirk, where Dunkirk has the support from the crafts, but not the writers and the actors. And The Shape of Water has everybody. Even if it didn't win the SAG Ensemble, it has three acting nominations, which suggests support from, from But here's the, the thing I keep thinking about is that Shape of Water, it, it does have everybody, and yet, as you described, there are many other contingencies that like other movies, which suggests, I, I would say, that Shape of Water, if, if people are ranking movies on their ballots, which they are, that in a lot of ballots, it might not be number one, but it might mean number two. And by it could that win point, with that. But people are saying that's also true of Dunkirk, which would well, but, be a very... I just, I just can't get past the fact that even in England, where you would think he would have the home turf advantage, that Christopher Nolan's movie didn't do better with the BAFTAs. No, it only well, won sound. Yeah, I mean, it's because it, a film of such... Stellar craftsmanship overshadows the idea of seeing it as a filmmaker-driven accomplishment on some level. People see Nolan almost like a below-the-line person. That's like what his brand has been sort of steeped in. Is in the a weird film way, you're not wrong about that. So, um, I think I, I they know, all man. respect him a lot, but there's something about the way this movie works is a sort of... I, I heard one person sort of... I think it was on the editing, the anonymous editing ballot. It was an editor who who understood the complexities of the mathematical formulas that underlie this movie, but it made them not like it as much in a weird way. I think Get Out's going to win after all the stuff that you're saying. <laughs> I, I still think that. It's and you really remember, hard I to take a movie with four nominations I'm, I'm with you. If anything's going to take it from The Shape of Water, it is Get Out, but it's got a very steep hill to climb because it doesn't have support from the crafts. It doesn't have but an editing. Remember, Moonlight thing. had seven nominations, including editing. This doesn't but have get editing. Out, get Out is the, the definition of a steep hill to climb. It came out of no... no you, it wouldn't have been so radical this time last year to be like, oh, Guillermo del Toro is finishing up this magical, realist thing, and it's a romance and stuff. Like, that could be an Oscar player if it turns out well enough. Nobody Fantasies was like, oh. are very rarely Best Picture winners. I so. agree, I agree. But, uh, but you know, it, it's not, it wasn't it's that. It's very bad. rare. 
Get so, Out with the whole story. But of horror Out. movies are even rarer. I know. Well, Moonlight was not expected to be a Best Picture winner. It was I have the to one. Decide. Everybody it had it two. in the conversation from the beginning as the one that could. It was between La La Land and Moonlight. It was not like Moonlight came out of nowhere. No, it was slightly less out of nowhere than Get Out. I'll give you that. No, it was. It, there was. It had seven nominations, including editing. It had won things. Barry Jenkins had won things. It was, and by the way, Jordan Peele has won original screenplay from the WGA and will win original screenplay here. It's best picture. It's it's harder for it to win. Well, I guess there there's always wishful thinking that ends up influencing everything in this process too. No, but. my question is whether I'm under. I'm genuinely concerned. In terms of my own, you know, figuring this out myself, am I? What is it? What is it about three billboards that I am resisting? That's what I want to know. Well, like I said, I mean, it's just there's a lot of people who don't like that movie, even if some people really do. So that you can't count out that feeling. That is a real feeling, and and you know, you're responding to something. What I'm worried about is that I know that it won SAG Ensemble, which is often very predictive. And I know it won five BAFTAs, which is often very predictive. And mm -hmm. I know it didn't win the WGA because it wasn't eligible. And, of course, Guillermo was going to win the DGA, the, the DGA and the PGA as well. Those are two logical things for it to win. So going into the final race, does, does three billboards pull it out? I don't know. How amazing would it be if Darkest Hour just wins Best Picture at the end of the day? Uh, Everybody. <laughs> well, the other argument is that at the BAFTAs, Darkest Hour and Dunkirk, you know, split the vote and didn't get anything, you know? I mean, except for Oldman. And much. Yeah, exactly. All right, so next week we'll do our homework, fill in some gaps, and uh, wrap these things up. But in the meantime, we'll uh, continue to track the last few days of voting and if you're one of those people who is voting, I hope you see everything before you cast that ballot. Have a good weekend, in, and I look forward to finishing this process. I will see you in L.A. next week. Exactly. Can't wait.